All right. Good morning, everybody. Glad you could join us on this live stream for New Rocky Creek Baptist Church. We're going to start off with some worship music. So if you know the song, feel free to sing along wherever you're at. We're going to start out with nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me why as no, no other clouds I know, nothing but the blood of Jesus. This is all my hope and peace. This is all my hope and peace, nothing but the blood of Jesus. This is all my righteousness, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Singing, oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know, nothing but the blood of Jesus, nothing but the blood of Jesus. leaning on the everlasting arms. What a fellowship, what a joy divine, leaning on the everlasting arms. I have blessed peace with my Lord so near, leaning on the everlasting arms. And then, safe and secure from all alarms. Tell me, are you safe and secure today? I want to share with you a message the Lord's placed on my heart, safe and secure. Now, I'm well aware of the fact things going on around us. People are losing their jobs. Elderly and young people are dealing with respiratory issues. The stock market has plummeted, and we are in a major crisis, and yet we can Feel confident to be safe and secure. I love the story of the little girl who couldn't sleep at night. By the way, has that happened to you? And she tossed and turned, and she went to her mama in her mama's room. She said, Mama, I can't sleep. I'm scared. I'm afraid. And her mama said, Honey, don't be afraid. God is watching over us. And then she said to her mama, really, God is watching over us? 
Well, if God is watching over us, then I'm not going to stay up all night. It's since he is, I'm going to go back to sleep. I got good news today, those of us that are tossing and turning. The Lord said he'd give to his beloved sleep. Safe and secure. Oh, yes. Are you safe and secure? Can I tell you three ways that you and I can be safe and secure in days like this? And we're taking our Bibles today and turning to the book of Psalm chapter 121. In the book of Psalm chapter 121, follow with me as we listen to the Word of God concerning this matter of safe and secure. We're going to see three ways in this wonderful psalm. Now, there's difference of opinion as to who wrote this particular psalm. Some, for example, suggest that this was probably a reference to that good king named Hezekiah. And I want to pick up in verse number 1. In Psalm 121, verse 1, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills, from whence comes my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. By the way, you know that word slumber? I looked it up this afternoon. It's the word noom, N-O-O-M. And it means God's not drowsy. You ever get drowsy? Oh, yes. The Lord does not slumber or sleep. He doesn't need melatonin to go to sleep. He doesn't sleep. Isn't that good news? Yes, it is. Look at it, please, in verse 5. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon the right side, thy right side. The word shade there, interesting to note, is the word translated shadow. The Lord is thy shadow. Then look at verse 6. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. You know, people do have sunstrokes and moon-stricken. Have you ever heard that term? And yet the Lord said, he'll not smite thee by day and by night. Look at verse 7. And the Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. I like that. He shall preserve thy soul. And the word preserve means to keep. It means a restrainer. God said, I will keep you. Isn't that good news? And then finally, verse number 8. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forward and even forevermore. That is, throughout our lifetime. And may God bless the reading of his word to our heart right now. Let's pray for his blessings as we Open our hearts, our eyes, our ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to us in these days, safe and secure. Father, thank you for your great love. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your glory, your amazing grace, even during times like this. And we ask now for the blessings of heaven, for your presence, your peace, your power, to be released among your people even now that we would rest in you and that we'd sense our Lord, even though things are out of our control, they're under your all-seeing eye. 
and we say we bless you for that. Now, I ask you now to change lives and draw men, women, boys, and girls to yourself. And when all said and done, we'll praise you because you are worthy. In Jesus' name, amen. We're looking today at the subject of safe and secure. And there are three ways that I believe the Lord wants you to know today and me to know today that you can feel safe and secure. What are those ways? Number one, will you, watch this, will you focus your eyes in the right direction? If we're going to be safe and secure in these days, we've got to focus our eyes in the right direction. I derived that as the Spirit of God moved on my heart to share with you from verses 1 and 2. But secondly, if we're going to be safe and secure in these days, not only do we need to focus our eyes in the right direction, but number two, will you change your heart to trust God in every situation? Will you do it even now? Oh, easier said than done, Brother Pastor. I understand. Will you change your heart and let the Lord change your heart to trust, believe, depend, rely upon Him in every situation? And this is the message in verses 3 through 6. And then finally, number three, there's a third way that I believe that we can rest with that peace that passes understanding and feel safe and secure, not only by focusing our eyes in the right direction and not only by trusting God in every situation, but number three, will you lead your family under His watch care and under his administration. Will you do it? I find that in verse 7 and 8. Let's go through this. And personally, beloved, you can reference 2 Kings chapter 18, 19, also Chronicles, to see the account of Hezekiah. Many believe this is probably a reference to Hezekiah. And for the sake of the message, I want to rely and to relate to Hezekiah. And so, number one, Will you and will I focus our eyes in the right direction? Oh, yes, that's very important. Look again what the psalmist said in verse 1 and 2. I will lift up mine eyes, where? Unto the hills. From whence comes my help? My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and an earth. I'm going to lift up my eyes. Our focus is very important. Tell me, where's your focus today? I love what Helen Keller said. You do know Helen Keller was blind. Listen to what she said. She said, what's worse than not having eyesight is having eyesight but no vision. Wow. Do you have vision? And let me remind you what Solomon wrote in Solomon writing in Proverbs 29, 18, he said this, where there is no vision, the people perish. Some translate that, where there's no revelation, the people perish. Vision. Wait a minute, what is vision? I'm talking about our eyes focus in the right direction. What is vision? Well, vision is, simple definition, what could be and what should be. Do you have vision right now? Are you stuck in the middle of all of this uncertainty, and instead of 
focusing your eyes on what God is going to do and what he will do, it's easy to focus on our present-day problems and the things that are insurmountable. Well, vision is likewise defined by the old prophet of old, namely Habakkuk. I want to take you back, and you can write this down. It won't take time to look at all the text. But in Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, remember, Habakkuk's living in a time when the Babylonians are invading the southern kingdom, much like in the days of Hezekiah. And Habakkuk is run wondering, I need a word from God. If there was ever a time we need a word from God, I suggest to you, it's today. And maybe there's some daddies I'm preaching to today, mamas I'm preaching to today, young people I'm preaching to today, and pastors and preachers and Sunday school teachers that are wondering, Lord, I need a word from you today. Oh, yes, God's going to give us his word. Habakkuk's wondering as he goes up to the tower. He says this in chapter 2, write the vision, make it plain, that they that read it may run with it, and though it tarry, it will surely come to pass. What could be, what should be. I'm talking to, to right now about uh, focusing our eyes in the right direction because the psalmist said, I will lift up my eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help come from the Lord. I like that. We can't trust on the arm of flesh these days. I believe the Lord is showing us that it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Amen. I can hear you saying amen all the way over in the live stream. Oh, yes. You see, without God, we can do nothing. But with Jesus, we can do all things. And I came to tell you today that the Lord knows what you're going through. I came to tell you today that he's able to move the mountains if you have faith of what? A mustard seed. I'm not saying he's going to deliver you from everything, but I'm telling you this. He will give you the grace and me the grace to endure. He's not promised us to take us from the storm, but he has promised to be with us in the storm. And I say hallelujah. Well, will you look to the Lord now? Will you get your eyes in the right direction and say, God, I don't have this thing figured out, but my eyes are on you. And I'm telling you, God will bless that. In fact, it reminds me of the little boy. You've heard it probably about the sale of puppies. He had a sign outside that said, puppies for sale, $10. Somebody rode by a week later. Saw the sign, puppies for sale, $25. The man stopped by and he said, son, I went by last week and I saw you had these for sale for $10. Now they're $25. Why? The little boy reached down in the box. He pulled one of those puppies up and said, look, sir, (laughs) they got their eyes open. When their eyes are open, they're worth a lot more. And I'll tell you what, we as the church and as the blood bought the brouage, are worth a lot more when our spiritual eyes are open. You know what? I'm praying that God will make us like the men of Issachar, understanding the times in which we're living. Oh, yes, I'm praying about in the days of Daniel chapter 11 when Daniel references, no doubt, a reference to the Maccabean Aaron when, remember, Antiochus Epiphanes defiled the temple, and yet I love the phrase that says, do great exploits. I believe God's calling us to do great exploits. Open doors of opportunity. May the Lord help us to seize those open doors of opportunity right now. 
Now, I want to take you back again to the king Hezekiah. Who was this king? Did you know he was 25 years old when he was uh, uh, appointed as king of the southern king of Judah? Hezekiah was a good king. In fact, guess what he did? He tore down the idols. Wouldn't that be wonderful today? Do you hear me? He tore down the idols that were in the land. You know, the false gods and the false worship. Furthermore, he not only tore down the idols, you know what else he did? He implemented the institution of the Passover. Yes, you remember, God instructed his people, namely Israel, in the book of Leviticus, he instructed his people to practice, also in the book of Exodus, that uh, to commemorate 430 years of bondage and how he, being God, with a mighty strong arm, delivered his people out of bondage, and he's still in the delivering business, by the way. Oh, yes, and thus the people were to recognize once a year the Passover. You recall all of that. I won't go into all the details other than saying this. Jesus Christ referenced that in what we call the Last Supper when he took the blood and he took the bread and he said, take eat, this is my body. And he said, this is my blood of the New Testament which is shed for many for the remission of sin. I tell you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And so Hezekiah implemented the Passover. Yes, a good king to say the least. Well, what's going on during this time? Do you know what's going on during this time? of Hezekiah's day, it happened to be the year 722 B.C. A Assyrian king had invaded the northern kingdom called Israel. They consequently had been taken into captivity. However, the southern kingdom of Judah were still in state, namely around that wonderful place called Jerusalem, which is mentioned 764 times in the Bible. So, meanwhile, the Assyrians, under that ruthless, cruel, dominating king named Sennacherib, they had circled around and about the city and were threatening to destroy the city. That's the context of Psalm 121. So one, is your eyes, are your eyes focused in the right direction? If not, why not now take them off the things of the world and put them on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith? In fact, the writer of Hebrews said, Wherefore, seeing we also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. And remember, let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Y'all listen to me now. People will fail you. Preachers will fail you. Christians will fail you. But Jesus will never fail you. Hallelujah. 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 Well, will you look to the Lord now? Number two, not only will you focus your eyes in the right direction, but if we're going to have the peace of God and feel safe and secure, then we must change our heart to trust God in every situation. I find that not only in verses 1 and 2, but also verses 3 through 6. Leaning on the everlasting arms. What have I to dread? What have I to fear? 
leaning on the everlasting arms. I have blessed peace with my Lord so near, leaning on the everlasting arms, safe and secure from all alarm, leaning, leaning, leaning on Jesus. Yes, safe and secure. Quickly, look at verse 3 through verse 6 of the text. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade or thy shadow upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day nor the moon by night. If we are going to find that safety and security in the Lord, we've got to be willing to have a change of heart and trust God in every situation. Now, that's easier said than done. I understand. And some of you are hurting today. I understand. And some of us are going through financial challenges. I understand. And some of us are challenged with the jobs and the bills and the family needs, yea, the community needs, our national needs, and even further than that, in our world. But God said, I'm not going to leave you nor forsake you. That's Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. And the Lord said, nothing shall separate us from his love, neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Jesus Christ our Lord. That's Romans chapter 8 and verse 38 and 39. And he told us in verse 35, we are more than, verse 37, more than conquerors. I'm persuaded, he said, Paul. And so we can, we can abide in the vine. That's what the Lord wants us to do. Are you abiding in the vine these days? Are you finding yourself stressed to the max? Well, the Lord said to us, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. I'm meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find, watch this, rest for your soul. My yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Look, here's the deal. That's Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. There's something about God says in Hebrews 4 and 9 concerning those Christians, there is a rest that remains to the people of God. Oh, yes, resting in the Lord. Not resting from the work, but resting in the work. Not resting from the problems, but resting in the problems. My prayer for me and you is God give us that rest that remains to the people of God. And the church said, Amen. Hey, look, will you trust God in every situation? Here's the scenario. Sennacherib has actually encamped around and about Jerusalem. It looked like all hope was gone. You know what I'm talking about? Maybe you're feeling the same thing these days. What do you do when it looks like all hope is gone? Paul experienced that in Acts 27, and the Lord gave him an assuring word. I'm telling you, God is still with us today. I'm telling you that you can trust the Lord. Yes, he's going to see us through. But wait a minute. Lord, what are you doing in my life? Well, what, what, what are you up to? Well, what are you trying to teach me? Uh, humility, brokenness, purifying me. Self-effort and self-seeking and self-dependency and self-centeredness. Oh, God, not I, but Christ lives in me now. And, Lord, I'm more dependent upon you now than I've ever been in all my life. 
And I believe that's your cry as well as mine. So Sennacherib is circled around and about, camping around the southern kingdom of Judah. Now watch what he does. You know what he does? I'll tell you what he does. Here's what he does. He says, all right, you're going to pay me taxes, Hezekiah, and all of the people there. You know what Hezekiah did? He went and got the silver and paid Sennacherib. What for? Taxes. Interesting to note. Reminded me of that little poem. I've shared it before, but in case you forgot it. It goes like this. Taxes land, taxes wage, tax the bed upon which he lays. Taxes tractor, taxes mule, teach him taxes are the rule. Taxes pants, taxes coat, taxes cow, taxes goat. If he hollers, tax him more, tax him till he's good and sore. Tax his coffin, tax his grave, tax the sod upon which it lays. Then when he's dead, he can't relax, then they'll go after inheritance tax. Isn't that about the size of it? And by the way, recently did you hear about the $2 trillion stimulus coronavirus package just voted by the House and the Senate to stimulate slash jumpstart the fallen Wall Street and the stocks and bonds and furthermore, small companies as well as employees and those who've lost their job? $2 trillion. Now, uh, there's various opinions about that. I certainly support uh, our president and uh, his wisdom and his team concerning that. At any rate, guess who's going to pay that back? You guessed it. You are, I am, our children and our grandchildren. Nonetheless, we're in a crisis, and I'm all right with that, but we're talking about Sennacherib and his threatening to Hezekiah. Do you know what? Sennacherib sent one of his right-hand men, and they said this, you can't trust God. Denial, doubt, delusion. That sounds familiar. I've heard that somewhere before. Have you heard that somewhere? I believe I've heard that with Adam and Eve. I believe I, the old dirty devil, that uh, serpent who came to deceive them. I've heard that same um, <laughs> insinuation and accusation, and you have too. But you know what? Here's what happens. What happens is, so Hezekiah doesn't know what to do. What am I to do? I'm a circle around about the enemy. Maybe there's some of you today that are listening uh, by the way of live stream and you're wondering, well, what am I going to do? How am I going to make it? Uh, how am I going to pay my bills? And I understand these are legitimate questions and legitimate answers, but I'm telling you, our God does not sleep in slumber. And he said that he would supply our need, not our wants, but our need in Philippians 4 and 19, according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And by the way, in the context of the church of Philippians or Philippi, should I say, uh, Paul's in prison, but at any rate, they had given and helped Paul. Did you know that? And Paul says, I really want the fruit that you're going to get because you're giving toward the work of God. You read it, Philippians chapter 4, you'll find out. I love what David said. He said, once I was young, but now I'm old. Yet I've never seen the righteous forsaken and neither the seed begging bread. You know what that's found? Psalm 37, verse 25. By the way, I need somebody to talk with me. There's nobody in here. There's one, two people in here. That's it. But I need somebody to talk with me online. Has God ever let you down? Have you ever gone without? 
I want to tell you, God's been faithful to me and God's been faithful to you. We might not have everything we want, but praise the Lord, we got everything we need. And God said, we're his little children. And if a little sparrow bird falls to the earth and he knows about it, certainly he knows about uh, our situation. And not only that, but the Bible says he knows every single hair on our head. I've told you all before, I know that my hair is going through another stage right now. Parted, unparted, and departed. I, I think that's what men's hairs go through. I heard about one lady said to her husband, said, Honey, would you love me if I dyed my hair red? He said, Why not? I've loved you through the other five colors. I can understand that. But anyway, here's Hezekiah. He's in a straight fix. What does he do? I need a word from God. You know what he does? Go get the man of God, Isaiah. We got to have a word from God. We need what the, Lord, what the Lord wants us to do. Hey, I didn't tell you this. You know, what, you know what else is included in what I'm telling you? Assyrians cut off the water supply to Hezekiah. There happened to be a little spring. It was called the Gihon. Are you familiar with that? Oh, yeah. The Gihon was cut off. Now, that Gihon uh, river or spring, if you will. I was reading about it just the other day. And, and the spring gushes out every six to eight hours for a period of 30 minutes. Now, now I don't have to tell you when your water's cut off, you're in trouble, right? Yeah, you're, you're in trouble, man. You're in trouble. And their water supply was cut off. I mean, we just think it's rough now. But you don't have any water, man. No wonder Jesus said, Ho, if any man thirst, let him come and drink. He that believes in me, as the Scripture said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And this he spake of the Holy Spirit. That's John chapter 37, verse 37 and 38. John chapter 7. And it's in the Feast of the Tabernacles, by the way, the context. And I'll tell you what. I'm so thankful to God that uh, even though they cut off that supply, you know what Hezekiah did? I'll tell you what he did. As we go to number three, safe and secure from all alarms, leaning, leaning, leaning on the everlasting arms. How can you be safe and secure at a time like this? The world doesn't know anything about it. The world tells us that all we got to have is uh, money and pleasure and all of that in order to be happy, in order to find fulfillment of life. But wait a minute. I've read over here where Solomon said all of that is vanity. Uh, there's more to life than landing houses. There's more to life uh, than uh, pleasure. There's more to life than wine, women, and wealth. If anybody knew, Solomon knew. And so we ought to learn from Solomon. Solomon says to fear God. That's what the bottom line is. Oh, yes. So that leads me to number three. The third way you and I can feel and be safe and secure is not only by focusing our eyes in the right direction and not only by changing our heart uh, with, uh, watch this, changing our heart so that we trust God in every situation. Right now, you can say, oh God, I've not been trusting you and I need to trust you. At times, I find myself worrying. At times, I find myself fretting. At times, I find myself burdened down with cares of this world and things I can't control. And watch this, people I can't control. Yeah, circumstances I can't control. And the only thing that gives me relief is to get with the Lord and say, Oh, God, I need to cast this burden. I need to, the word cast is bottle, throw this burden on you. So number three, will you lead your family? 
This is the proactive part of the message besides the other two. Will you lead your family under his watch care and his administration? That's what we need to do right now. If we're going to find and be safe and secure. Again, look at verse 7 and 8 of Psalm 121. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Go back to Hezekiah and Sennacherib and the invasion of this northern enemy, namely the Assyrian. So what does Hezekiah do? You know what he does? I want to I suggest you do the same thing right now. Here's what Hezekiah does. He gets this letter, this threat. And by the way, did you know that silver is alluded to uh, in 686 B.C. and it is verified in the British Museum as an archaeological artifact? You heard me right. This silver submission is contained, preserved as a archaeological verification slash cooperation of the Bible. Wait a minute. I didn't have to know that in order to believe the Bible. Oh, yes. Let God be true and every man a liar. But wait a minute. I'm telling you this. There's no book like the Bible book. Oh, yes. It's supernatural. No wonder Paul said all Scripture is given by inspiration of God Theonumatos, God breathed, and profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. A man of God be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Somebody says, well, nah, people just wrote that Bible. Men did. I beg your pardon. If you were to look at 2 Peter chapter 1, you'd find Peter was an older man at the time. When he writes, he's fixing to move off the scene. You know what he says? He says, we have a more sure word of prophecy. We've not followed after cunningly devised fables like some men count as fables, but we have a more sure word. Hey, look, Peter saw Jesus. He saw him transfigured. He, he was there and saw him perform miracles. And Peter says, we've got a more sure word of prophecy. That is the Bible. And, and by the way, the evidences are overwhelming concerning the uh, manuscript evidences, the prophetic accuracy, and the archaeological, again, cooperation, these artifacts found in the hidden sands of time, and furthermore, uh, the reliability of the credible witnesses who left this message. Oh, the Bible, it stands. Listen to me. It stands, and you can stand on it today. That's where you're going to find that safe and secure. Yes, heed it, read it, learn it, love it, live it. It's the bestseller. It's God's Word. It's forever set in heaven, according to Psalm 119 and verse number 89. Yes, the Word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse number 12. It's like a, a lamp into my feet, a light into my path. Psalm 119, verse 105. Yes, it's like a fire. Jeremiah said, shut up in my bones. It's like a hammer that breaks in pieces. In Jeremiah chapter 23, yes, the word of God. Jesus said, man shall, live on, shall not live on bread alone, but out of every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. That's Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4. Tell me, are you discovering the living word became the written word, and the written word becomes the proclaimed preached word, and the preached word becomes the 
fleshed out word. Wait a minute. What does Hezekiah do? I'll tell you what he does. He goes in the temple. Not a bad idea. After the threats and the insinuations of Sennacherib, you know what he does? He takes that letter and the Bible teaches that he lays it before the Lord and says, Lord, you see this? You know this? Yes, the eyes of the Lord are running to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in behalf of them whose heart is the Bible says complete toward him or perfect toward him. I'm telling you that the Lord's not slack concerning his promises as some men count slackness. Yes, the scripture teaches us that the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous. His ears are open unto the cry. That's in Psalm chapter 34 and verse 15. Call unto me, I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things that thou knowest not. Jeremiah 33, 3. I call that God's phone number. Wait, when I call God, he didn't put me on a, uh, you know, hold on just a minute or, or talk. you want to talk with this and press one, press two. Nope, I want to talk with Jesus. I'm telling Hezekiah, I knew where to take it. The same place you and I need to take it. Oh, take your burden to the Lord and leave them there. Well, what did the Lord do? I'm telling you, you ready for this? Lead your family under the watch care of his administration. You know what God did when Hezekiah did what he did? You ready for this? I'm telling you, God will fight the battles for you if you let him. God sent one angel. You know how many Assyrians he killed? One angel? 185,000. Wow. One angel. I'm telling you, God showed himself strong in behalf of his people's hearts. And that's why we can feel safe and secure. We serve a mighty God. There's nothing too hard for our Lord. And Jesus made reference with men, some things are impossible, uh, Gabriel the angel said to Mary. But with God, all things are possible. Oh, yes, I'm not saying that God's going to do everything we want him to do, but I'm saying this, he's trustworthy. As a father pitied his children, so the Lord pitied them that fear him. He knows their frame. He knows we are but dust. And we can cry of a father, papa, father. Listen to me, listen to me. And so, the Lord, there's no God like our God. I want to preach for a moment on that subject. No God like our God. Yes, he's able to move the mountains, calm the storms. No God like our God. I'm telling you, other gods are dead. Muhammad's bones are in the grave, and Buddha's bones are in the grave, and Gandhi's bones are in the grave. But, oh, thank God I went over there to Jerusalem, over there to Israel, and kneeled down in the so-called tomb of our Lord, and you know what I found? Nothing. He wasn't there. The angel said, he's not here. He's risen. Go and tell. I'm telling you, I, we serve a living God who's got the keys to death and hell. John saw him not hanging on a cross anymore, but the glorified Christ in Revelation chapter 1, his hair is white as wool, his eyes are a flame of fire, and his voice is as a sound of many waters. John fell like a dead man. Oh, when Jesus said, Behold, I was dead, but I'm alive forevermore and hold the keys to death and hell. I'm telling you, you can feel safe and secure today. You know why? Because when you come to that point in your life, listen, when you come to that point in your life, when you're at the end of your journey, did you notice what the psalmist David said? Our going out, our coming in. It reminded me as I was reading this today, uh, that inscription on, uh, I believe it's in Britain, Chester, 
uh, and it says something like this. When I was a child, I laughed and wept. Time crept. When I was a youth, I walked. I talked and time walked. When I was a man, I became a man. Time ran. Still, as I grew, time flew. Every one of us need to redeem the time. The days are evil. There's a time for everything under the sun. A time to be born, a time to die. Ecclesiastes 3. Tell me. You got things right with God today? Tell me. Can you feel safe and secure outside of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ? You can't. I want to ask you right now that if you would confess to the Lord your sinner, you can't save yourself. Our sin separates us from God, and by faith, trust in what God has done for us in that Jesus Christ became sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. You see, all of our sin was, uh, uh, we either paid the penalty for our sin, wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord, or we let Jesus pay the penalty. Jesus, I do believe you died for me. I did that in 1982. And I do believe you'll forgive my sin. I would have put my sins on you. That you pay the penalty of my sin. Christ, the just, died for us, the unjust, that he might bring us back to God. Have you done that? If not, why not today? And then those of us who have tasted the grace of God, been saved by the precious blood of Jesus, right now, pray that God will help us to focus our eyes in the right direction. Whatever that might be, trust, believe, depend, rely upon Him in every situation. I know our family's on our heart. I know our loved one's in our heart. Let's put them in the hands of the Lord. Number three, lead our families under the watch care of His administration. Right now, I want to pray. You do what God tells you to do, and I know the Lord will be honored as we bow and ask our Lord to accomplish His will. Father, we enter into the holiest of all through the blood of Jesus. Thank you now for your word, your will, your way. You know the folks that will be listening. I don't know, Lord, and it really doesn't matter. You know the hearts. You change the hearts. You change the Ethiopian skin, the leprous spots. We bring every single listener to your throne of grace now. Pray you'll bring us to the point where we feel safe and secure because of a living God even during a time like this. And we love you and give you glory, knowing you're coming again one day. But until then, help us to keep our eyes on you, trusting you with all of our heart, not leaning on our own understanding, and all of our ways acknowledging you, and you promise you direct our path. And we thank you, give you glory now, because you're worthy. In Jesus' name, amen.